Let's join together in prayer. Would you with me? Heavenly Father, may we stand in you alone. May we know that you, we can stand upon the rock uh, that is you, Jesus Christ. Uh, as we face uh, challenges, maybe it's with work, maybe it's with family, maybe it's in a marriage, maybe it's seeking the perfect life, let us know today and always that it is in you alone we can stand and we can always stand. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're doing this series uh, in Ephesians uh, that we call, How Do We Know God? Uh, now actually, I was planning today to, and I said this two weeks ago, to preach uh, on marriage. Uh, things change. Uh, now, Mother's Day, senior graduates, and I was thinking this week, and so really just, just totally changed directions. But I'm preaching on marriage next week, so... Anybody interested, it's simple, how to have a good marriage, and we'll look in Ephesians. But that is for next Sunday. Today, uh, I do want to tie in, though, how do, uh, how do we know God? Because, see, I get asked that question a lot without people explicitly asking that question. Do you know that? You know you can ask a question without asking a question. Uh, but I see this question on people's faces uh, over and over and over again. Uh, for example, moms ask me this question all the time. But what they ask is, how do I know, God, that you'll take care of my child? How do I know, God, that you'll watch over him or her? Uh, how do I know, God, that you've got your hand on him or her? That question comes up a lot without that question being asked. Uh, church members for those of you who feel like this is your church home, uh, I'm going to come down here today. I may be back and forth. Uh, I get asked that question a lot by members. How do I know, God, that you're growing me here? How do I know, God, that you're using me here? How do I know, God, that uh, in this place you're working in my life? How do I know, God? Do I have to go on a mission trip? Do I just come to church? How do I know, God, what you're doing in me? So that question comes up a lot without that question being asked. And I see that question in our youth as well. Senior graduates, but youth. How do I know, God, where you'll take me? How do I know, God, where you're sending me? Actually, we all ask that, but in the stage of life, graduating or 11th grade or thinking about the next step, that question is on our young brothers and sisters' minds. How do I know, God, what you're doing? So today, uh, the word that the Lord led on my heart uh, is to help us all see what God gives us in his word. Like what God really gives us. And I'm not talking about, like, uh, material things, although he can give anything he wants. But I'm talking about something much more powerful, much more stronger than anything that we could dream up or count on what the Lord gives us. So Ephesians 4, I'm going to read verse 1 through 7. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, to the church today, to the church 
He says, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Stop there. What God gives us. There's a lot going on this morning. Mother's Day, you probably got uh, maybe a dinner later in the day. You're thinking about that. Uh, Thinking about plans, beautiful day out. We need to know, me too, what God gives us. And Paul here lays it out. Three things he gives for three things for us to do. Three things. First one. And you may be counting that six, so you're like, that may be a long sermon. No, it's going to be okay. Just bear with me, okay? Don't worry about it. It's Mother's Day. One, he gives us a call to walk in. Verse one, walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you have been called. God gives you a call. I say it like this. If you're a Christian, you're called. If you're a Christian, you're called. And we are to walk in the call. Now, a question that I do get a lot explicitly, verbally, is like, how do I know that I've been called, preacher? You know, how do I know what my call is? Uh, a lot of y'all probably asked that question right when I said you're called. You're like, yeah, he's for you. how do y'all know, man? You know? Well, here, here's a little advice. For, really, advice for all of us, but especially advice for seniors. Uh, it's a lot easier, I want to get an amen for this, it's a lot easier uh, to find another job when you have a job than when you don't have a job. Can I get an amen on that? Let me say that again. Senior, here's practical advice. If you want another job, it's a lot easier to find a new job when you have a job than if you don't have a job. And you're just like twiddling your fingers on, you know, hopefully not mom and dad's couch, but could, you know, <laughs> get an amen. I've been there too, okay? Here's my point. Like, how did that come up with call? We have multiple calls, okay? Multiple calls. And it's a lot easier to find another call or another of your calls when you're living into a call, you know, in the here and now. Here's what I mean. What do you mean by that? Look, we're called as a Christian to love God and love our neighbor. So if you love God, then you're like, man, I, you know, I want to be part of a church. I want to worship. I want to be part of a smaller group. I want to know God more. So if you love God, then you're going to discover other calls. If you love your neighbor, you're going to discover other ways to serve him. So we're called to love God and love our neighbor. We're also called uh, as brothers, sisters, children, friends, uh, dads, moms. And these are some very worthy calls. And so if you're like, I don't know where God's calling me, just walk in the call that you have as a friend as a brother, as a sister, as a dad, as a mom. Great calls. Wonderful calls to the Lord. Start there. Anybody here, um, talk about moms a little bit. Anybody here like uh, James Taylor? I like James Taylor. Like James, oh, okay, there we go. I like James Taylor. Uh, 
Now, I like him, but uh, he just came out with a new song. Anybody know the song? Anybody heard it yet? Nobody heard it? Dukes, you heard it yet? You got it? Okay, I knew you would, Dukes. Um, he's my buddy. He came with a song called Angels at Fenway. Anybody know where Fenway is? Carter Muscagney? I see you there. Anybody know where Fenway is? It's Boston Red Sox. So he's a huge Red Sox fan. I love James Taylor, uh, except for this song. But anyway, uh, but no, it is a great song. It's called Angels at Fenway. The point of the song, and the point tying this, is he grew up, his grandmother was taking him to the baseball field, to Fenway Park. I love that. Because it's always, you know, dads or granddads. His grandmom was taking him to the ballpark. And he, he wrote about that angel at Fenway. You know, my grandmoms, I mean, they, they've given so much to me. When I think about color or colors, I was first introduced to colors by my grandparents. One grandmother, she would sit me two, three, and we would just watch the road and cars pass. And she's like, what color is that? And I'd say red, you know, you know, blue, green. Another grandmother uh, was, was literally like, I mean, she, she was an artist. She was a painter, poet type, and uh, she died far too young. But she would, uh, we would paint, like literally we would paint figures of nativity scenes. You know, Mary, Joseph, the baby. And so I was introduced to all these colors, colors like terracotta. I still don't know what terracotta looks like, but I remember her telling me that and like, you know, these beautiful, rich, you know, tapestries of colors that grandmothers, grandmoms, you know, gave to me and to us. Mothers, uh, my mom, I mean, sacrificed so much, worked two jobs, um, you know, to let me and my brother grow up, be raised. Same story could be said for many of us. It's a wonderful call to be a mom. And a lot of y'all are already walking in a worthy manner. And we need to honor that and pray for y'all. So we got multiple calls. Do we walk into them? If you're spending your life trying to find out, well, where's my call? Just walk. Walk in your call right now. The Lord will lead you. So God gives us a call. And it's not just the seniors to going out. It definitely is for them, but it's for all of us. God gives a great call. He also gives us, look what Paul says, and this is interesting. He gives us one another. One another. Verse 2. Bearing with one another in love. He gives us one another to bear with. To bear with. And I, I say this as a church family. We use that word a lot here. You know, are we a family? Do we bear with one another? I mean, just think about it. That's a radical thought. God gives us one another. God gives us one another. So, so God has, has given me, so easy to pick on Kurt. He sits right here. I mean, he's given me, you know, Kurt, though, as a uh, young uh, man to, uh, to hang out with. Here's, here's a shot. He's given me Ben Jeffcoat and the Jeffcoat family to live with. He's given us one another to bear each other's burdens. It's a, a powerful thought. It's why the church exists. It's why the church is plan A and there's no plan B. It's why I love the church. My question for all of us, me too, do we bear with one another? Do we bear with one another? Use, use a couple examples. First off, uh, one more thing on moms. Do we bear with our moms? Because this is a poem that a mom wrote uh, that helps me think about how to bear uh, with you moms. With moms that I may not even know. It's called The Wide Spectrum of Mothering. Think about this, about bearing 
with mothers or mother figures. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prides, tears, and disappointments, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experience abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are so better off having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. On Mother's Day, we walk with you. We bear with you. Do we? We bear with one another. God's given us one another. Do we bear with one another? For our seniors, do we bear with them? Challenges that they have, challenges that they, they will have. It's easy to think, oh, that's great. We give a Bible, Word of God, send them off, wonderful life. But I want to be a church that does more, that wherever they go, maybe it's coming back around here, maybe it's off. They all certainly can change the world, but do we help them do that? Do we all, not just like pastor or staff, do we all bear with them through their life for seniors going forth from this church? Are we going to bear their life with them? I aim to do so. I hope we all do so. For, for youth, our youth here, not just seniors, juniors, sophomores, junior high, are, are we bearing with our youth? I, I know Lori is, Lori Reed. I know Chris is. I know I am, I know our staff is, but we need to grow. And, and this is my challenge for us as a church, you know, you know, continually, all together, all in, pouring into a ministry for youth to bear with them, to send them out, and continue to bear with them in their lives. Do we? It's not just for those of us who are here. It's those that are going into the world. They still need Bellwether to be a home for them wherever they are. And that's who we need to be for them. Do we bear with one another? We bear each other's burdens. God has given us one another. God's given us a call. He's given us one another to bear with. And then last, and this is most important, and this is the main thing we don't get. We love call because it's about purpose. We love bearing with one another because it's about family. And I mean, it's, it is, you know, mushy and loving. And that's great. We love that. What's next most important? If you don't get this, 
you really don't get the other two. He gives grace to receive. That's what it means about when we sing in Christ alone. He gives grace. Paul goes on about the Lord in verse 7. He says, but grace was given to each one of us. I ask you, why is it so hard to get? I ask that because I get asked that. Why is it? Grace. Here's the gospel. Here's, here's like the message of Christianity. Uh, we are, we're worse off than we imagined, and we're more loved than we ever dreamed. And you got to get that. I know, I know the first part is like tough. It's tough. Why is it tough? Because we live in our, our world, our culture, where, hey, you can do it, and, you know, do your best, or, or just do it, and, and, you know, clean yourself up, get it together. You know, and if you don't, you're like, well, you just ain't got what it takes. Well, for heaven and hell, in the heaven and hell sphere, none of us have what it takes. Jesus took it all on the cross. That's what we sing about. That's the gospel. So, the good news is we're more loved than we ever imagined. You are more loved. And all of us want that. All of us have this need for approval. This need to be chosen. This need to be picked. This need to be loved. We have it so much more. It'd be like this. And I could say this to Jack down there. I love you, Jack. Sorry. He's like, why is daddy talking about me? Anyway. <laughs> all right, Ethan. Make a, we'll, we'll go Ethan. It's like I'd say to Ethan, Ethan, you don't even know it, but... You're a trillionaire. I mean, trillionaire. I mean, not billionaire. Trillionaire. And Ethan's like, you know, can I just get my toy? Uh, thanks, but I, I, just, I just want my toy. You're, you're a trillionaire. just want my toy. That's, that's us. That's me. Me is I'm a great sinner. I am a great sinner. I have a greater Savior. And God, he gives everything. We have it all. We have all we need. We will have all we ever dreamed over and over again, and that's not just heaven. He's saying, you have so much. I want to see that. I want us to see that. I want our seniors to see that. I want our moms to see that. To know all of what God gives. And when you get that, when you get that grace, unmerited, undeserving, all that God gives, then you begin to really, I mean like really, bear with one another. Then you get to see your life has this grand call and purpose and adventure. And sometimes it's as a sister or a brother or a child or a dad or a mom or a friend. And it may just be to stay on your home street or it may be to go across the earth for Jesus Christ. But you got to get the grace first. All of us do. And we got to get it over and over and over again. So what does God give? He gives grace. He gives us one another. He gives us a call. What do we do with it? Real quick, sum it up. Because there is something for us to do. You know, I, you know it's not like you just say, hey man, what do I just do? Sit here and receive it? Well, yes. But then, there is something we are to do. And Jesus lays that out for us. There is there's a world out there. There is a world in need of the gospel. There is a world in need of Jesus. There is a world in need of you. The theme verse, the foundational verse for this church was John 10, 16. It's real simple. There are others out there. And Jesus says, I must go to them. And they'll hear my voice. One flock, one shepherd. Jesus, there are others out there. I got to go. And if we follow Jesus, then there are others out there. And we got to go. There is a world out there that needs to see a radical message of Jesus Christ, His grace, His salvation. And here's the deal. The world won't change, and we won't change people's hearts 
and minds, if we just really give them kind of safe, comfortable, kind of sort of good life, Christianity. That's, they're kind of used to that. The world changes when they see radical, joy-filled, adventure-filled, graduates going off to college, adults going on mission trips, families just serving their neighbors on their streets, saying, it is with joy that I do this and that I go. Joy for what Christ has given me. When you joyfully suffer, when you joyfully walk through cancer, that's what changes the world. That's what changes heart. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus says it to us. It's, it's not safe, but it's so good. And it is purpose, and it is adventure, and it is life. There is a world that needs to be changed. There is a world that needs to be changed. There is a world that needs to be saved. He calls us. He calls y'all seniors as you're going off. He's calling y'all. And you can. You can change the world. It's in the power of Christ. Whatever you do, wherever you go. He's calling us too. He's calling you. Moms, dads. The joy of Christ by His grace. There's a world. To get that though, there's also a whisper. You got to get still sometimes. You got to get quiet to hear the voice of the Lord. Because God, God is talking to you. God is whispering to you. There's a world out there that He's calling to. There's a whisper He's speaking to you. You got to listen. You got to get still. Elijah, you know, the voice of the Lord came to him not through the thunder, the power, the storms. It came in a whisper. God's speaking. You got you to get still sometimes to hear the voice of the Lord. There's a world, there's a whisper, and there is a work that God is doing. And I want you to get this too. When you, when you get that grace, there's a work that the Lord is doing in you. I preached about this a couple weeks ago. Ephesians 2.10, you are God's workmanship. That very word translated means poem. You're a poem that God is continuing to write, that is beautiful. God is doing a work in you. And God can do much more through you than you can ever do for God. It's the beauty of the gospel. You are God's workmanship. There's a world out there that God is sending you to. There's a whisper as God speaks to you, and there is a work that God is doing to you. And we get all burdened down, me too, about our issues or uh, about our problems or about our depressions or about our anxieties. Jesus says, cast all your anxieties on me. Today, you need to get or begin to get all that God gives you and all that God gives it for, a world work. So as we close today, you know, we do say thanks to one another. I say thanks to all of you for bearing with one another. Say thanks to our seniors, how they have bared with one another here. And we're excited in what they will do. We give thanks to our moms and to our parents. Dads, our day will come. We give thanks to our moms. We should give thanks to the Lord. He's given us one another. And I mean, what, I, what fires me up so much is to see people get to see their call. And it may start with being a mom. It may start with being a guy who helps with youth every now and then or every week. 
It may start with a youth that begins to sing on a worship team and God grows something in them that changes them and will ultimately change the world. I love people seeing a call. So you got a call. And you can begin today. But it always begins with receiving the gift that God loves you more than you ever know and has a plan for you and is doing a work in you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you give us so much. We, we can't fathom it, but your scripture reveals it. And, I, and I, I pray for all of us, all of those here, whether they're called this church home or not, and we'd see what you give. You give life in the here and now. You give life in suffering. You give life in anxiety. You give life in depression. You give life in brokenness. You give life uh, when a marriage feels shattered. You give life. Let us receive that life and in faith walk with one another and walk in the calls that you have placed on our life, knowing, knowing you're doing a great work in these people, in these individuals, in these children, in this church, in this world, as we come forward to take communion, I pray by the power of your Spirit, you impress and plant that on our hearts where people would receive your grace. Grace for salvation, grace for growth, grace for changing the world. In your power, you send us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.